3: Good evening. Thank you for tuning into Exposure on WDBM Impact 89FM. I'm your new host, Stephen Rich, and as we take our first few steps into the summer, we'll be highlighting the best upcoming events in the area. Tonight we'll be hearing about playing with pigs, rodeos, community celebrations, and other exciting ways to spend your summer. In a city once known as the rodeo capital of Michigan, one event this summer gives a glimpse into that past. The Portland Rodeo Days celebrate their 8th annual event next month. I spoke with Megan Martin and Chris Hansen about this year's festival. You're listening to Exposure on Impact 89FM, and I'm in the studio with Megan Martin and Chris Hansen. Um, So first, do you guys mind giving a little background about yourselves and how you're involved in the rodeo?
0: Um, I'm the advertising director, so I do all the different logos and everything else. And make the different promotional items
3: awesome
4: and I'm Chris Hansen and I'm a committee member and I help with pretty much anything that needs to be done as far as setup, up advertising um, recruiting um, and we just have a great time
3: and so the event has been going strong for eight years now so do you mind giving a little background how the rodeo got got its start
0: Um, Well, in the 1950s, Portland was actually known as the rodeo capital of Michigan, and a few of the natives um, are actually relatives of ours, so we decided that we were going to bring it back up, um, and so now this is our eighth year. It's a very family fun event. Um, We do things like the nickel scramble for the kids. We throw $200 worth of nickels out into the ring and let them Get whatever they can. Um, we do Dirt, no. free, yep. <laughs> We do um, a free bike giveaway, one for a boy mm-hmm. and one for a girl. Um, we have things like a calf, catch, catch the calf. So we throw a calf out there and whoever catches it first. <laughs> um,
4: Wins a really cool prize. Yeah.
3: Mm-hmm. And so the rodeo is not the only event. I understand that it's a, a couple days of event. Um, could you walk someone who's not familiar with the rodeo f- through the whole event?
4: Actually, the fun begins on Friday night when we have a donkey basketball game. <laughs> and that's literally just exactly like it sounds. People play basketball while riding donkeys. And so that's a good time. And then saturday that's at 6 p.m. on Friday. And then um, Saturday, it's also 6 p.m. We have um, typical ranch-style rodeo events where you have um, things that originated because people had to do these things to... Work every day on the ranch from roping to uh, paint branding and uh, wild cow milking, yeah, that's
0: um, <laughs> trailer loading. I love that event. What's that one? Um, that one, they have to load um, a bull into the trailer. And then they have to load at least two horses, and all four cowboys have to be in the truck before time runs out.
3: (laughs) So it's a race between a couple groups?
0: You see cowboys jumping in through windows. (laughs) Dukes a Hazard style. (laughs) Oh, yeah.
3: You're listening to Impact 89 FM Exposure, and we're talking with Megan Martin and Chris Hansen of the Portland Rodeo Days. And so how have you guys seen this event grow over the past years?
4: Well, we went from a very small group of about, what, four people, <laughs> at least, <laughs> if that. where we were like, hey, let's bring the rodeo back to, we've, we've got a little more than probably a dozen now yeah. that are, we're still a small knit group, mm-hmm. but it's really growing in popularity. Um, people outside of Portland are starting to be more aware of it, so we're really thankful for this opportunity too. Oh, yes, mm-hmm.
0: And when it first started, we had um, one of the bull manias, so it was just bulls, but Portland didn't really care for that, so now we have the ranch rodeo. Okay. And
4: it's turning out really well.
3: And so, what do you guys think your your ultimate goal? What is, what is the ultimate goal of the event?
4: It's um uh, we benefit nonprofit organizations in the community. All the proceeds from the event go back into the community, helping those organizations. Um, and just to keep it going strong, we're re- recruiting younger people um, every year, so we can. Keep the rodeo spirit alive. Great, yep. cool. we start from scratch every single year, mm-hmm.
0: so all proceeds go to the different nonprofits.
3: And I was uh, reading in, uh, into some of your stuff, and one of your uh, guests there is going to be Kenny, right? The Kenny rodeo clown. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's
4: our rodeo clown. He's been coming back every year, and if you've never seen him, you have it, to come down. It's just a—it's incredible. He's mm-hmm. very, very talented, and he, he's somewhat famous. I mean, yeah. he's got some. Him and his donkeys, um, very very good time, very entertaining.
3: Yes. <laughs> yeah, so he has like one of the fastest whip cracks in all of America, right? He yep, cracks. Yeah. Uh, yep. And he was also
0: in one of Dolly Parton's shows. Oh, he really? Toured with her. Yes. <laughs> That's great. He comes
4: all the way from Florida every year to see us. Just so. yep. <laughs> <Yes> for us.
3: <laughs> and so, uh, you know, just to send things off, what are you guys personally most excited about at the rodeo?
4: I'm most
0: excited to see our um, governor. Brian Kelly and state representative, uh, Michael Colton ride in the donkey race. <laughs>
4: <laughs> Good times. I'm probably just for the event in general every year. It's so exciting. Just seeing it go from, you know, bare ground to setting up the arenas and just getting the event done and seeing all the cowboys and cowgirls out there doing their thing.
3: Awesome. And then just one more time, do you want to remind us of the days of the rodeo?
4: It is Friday, June 13th at 6
0: is the Donkey Basketball, and Saturday, June 14th at 6 is the Ranch Rodeo.
3: All right, thank you guys very much for being here. You've been listening to Megan Martin and Chris Hansen of the Portland Rodeo Days.
2: Everything that I got is just what I've got on When that sun is high in that Texas sky I'll be bucking it to county fair I'll be looking for eight when they pull that gate And I hope that judge ain't fly Amarillo by morning Amarillo's on my mind
3: Welcome back to Exposure on Impact 89 FM. I am Stephen Rich. Today on the show, we'll be highlighting the best events of the summer in the area. In 10 minutes, we'll take a look at a growing farmer's market in Lansing. But first, Lansing's Be a Tourist celebration. For the past 20 years, the Greater Lansing Convention and Visitors Bureau has invited area residents to experience Lansing from a new perspective. The Bureau's Brandon Dwyer told us about this year's event. Just to start things off, can you introduce yourself and just let us know a little bit more about the Greater Lansing Convention and Visitors Bureau?
5: Yeah, I'm Brendan Dwyer. I'm the Manager of Marketing Communications with the Greater Lansing Convention and Visitors Bureau. Uh, We are the local uh, organization uh, dedicated to promoting the Greater Lansing area as a destination, both for leisure visitation and for meetings, conventions, everything. We're just trying to bring people to Greater Lansing, which includes obviously East Lansing and the campus of MSU, to come here, have a good time, and enjoy themselves. Mm-hmm. And we have an exciting event coming up this summer, uh, 20th year, right? That's it. It's the 20th year of our signature event, Be a Tourist in Your Own Town. Uh, we're really proud of it. Uh, for a very small fee, you Uh, Purchase a passport, which is full of, you know, regional um, attractions, hot spots, um, places that have something special going on just that day. Or sometimes it's places that, um, you know, are typically more expensive to to visit on a regular day. Mm -hmm. So everything from classic participants like Potter Park Zoo, Impression 5 Science Center, uh, the Michigan Historical Museum, uh, to new stuff that we're excited to be welcoming on is... um, the Zap Zone, uh, City Limits Bowling, Red Cedar Spirits, some, so, some cool things like that. Mm-hmm. It's basically the perfect way to get to know the town that you live in. So maybe if you're a student that's temporarily, this is your home away from home, but um, we encourage folks that are uh, students at MSU. Or even if you just live in the greater Lansing area and haven't had a chance to get out and explore what's right in your own city, uh, there's a lot going on, and this is a great event, a great way to do it without spending a lot of money. Mm-hmm. And what what date is, on, is it on again? Yeah, it's May 31st. Okay, So that's Saturday, 10 a.m.
3: Mm-hmm. to 5 p.m. Yep, and then after that, they can still do it, but it's not the exact day, correct? That,
5: that's right. Okay. Uh, the You can get stamps on the passport for the... Up in you know through the month of June, mm-hmm. and uh, when you go to certain locations that are stamp spots, you get your passport stamped. And when you get uh, you know the when you get them all stamped, you send this in to the Convention and Visitors Bureau, and uh, you are entered in for some for some cool prizes. You can get a suite at the Lugnuts. You can get uh, a stay in a local hotel. Uh, the passport's really cool too. I always say even if you're not able to get out for that day. It's a little thing that you can keep just somewhere in your apartment or house and peek through it kind of for ideas of stuff to do if you're Mm. ever bored or whatever. So yeah, there's things that are going on here Um, in East Lansing. You can get a good deal on stuff or it's uh, an opportunity to check out things. You know, sometimes people, there's like a conception that downtown Lansing is so far away from MSU campus. It really isn't. So Um, Get down there and check things out, and then while you're out and about, you know, grab a bite to eat, check out some parks. I mean, just Mm -hmm. a great day to explore the area around us. Mm -hmm. A lot of fun stuff if you you know like to check that kind of stuff out. Yeah, for sure.
3: So uh, just to get some background on the event, do you like? How did it start? What was the reasons for getting it going?
5: Yeah, it's actually an interesting way that it got started. Um, As you know, at the as with the Convention and Visitors Bureau, we are all about making people glad they came to Lansing, right? Mm -hmm. So. The story is is that someone got off a plane at Capital City Airport and hopped in a cab and was going to a hotel for a business, you know, a business trip. And just making small talk with the taxi driver said, "So, Lansing, I've never been in this city. What is there to do?" And the cab driver was like, "Nothing, man. This city's boring." <laughs> and the guy was like, Really? Gosh, nothing? And so he shared that story with someone at the hotel that he went to, and eventually that story made it back to the Convention and Visitors Bureau. And we were like, okay, look, we need to instill in our residents some pride in this area so that when someone says to them, hey, what is there to do around here? You've got someone who's like, oh, man, are you a sports fan? Right here on the campus of MSU. You like you like state history or exploring like genealogy or do you like... You know, restaurants or you know nightclubs, what have you. So, we want people that live in Lansing and East Lansing to be a fan of the region and then recommend visiting to friends and family. So that's how it got started. Um, we started with only the first year. We only had like seven or eight attractions participating. Mm-hmm. Now we have over seventy. Wow. So, uh, and the and the the range is really broad. I mean, we've got everything from you know, um, bookshops and gardens to recycling places to, you can test drive a, a, general motors car to, you know, you can make a pot at the potter's guild and, um, you know, you can go to the MSU bug house and you, I mean, all these different things, very cool stuff. Um, sometimes you get something free when you go there, like a, uh, you know, something to eat or whatever they sell, you know, they'll throw in something cool. So. It's just it's just a neat event, and you, by the end of it, you always find something that you haven't done before, and you're like, man, that's a cool thing, and you recommend mm-hmm. it to somebody, and hopefully the word spreads around, and and then people, you know, kind of like where they're from a little better, or if you're a student, um, learn a little more about uh, what's going on in this area other than stuff you know right on Grand River or yeah. On Albert. <laughs> yeah, I mean, even for me, I was flipping through it, and I I knew about maybe half of
3: the places, and I've been here four years. Exactly, so exactly. It is it's it's a cool chance to you know get to know the area a little bit better. So great and uh besides that so it's grown a lot obviously in recent
5: years. Mm-hmm. Um how many people do you expect to come this year? Yeah, we we print, you know, tens of thousands of uh of passports. So we uh, you know, attendance is always really good. Um you know, we expect 20,000 people to to be out there and and checking things out. It's not like a um like your typical festival where mm-hmm. you can stand there and look and see, wow, this is well attended. You know, it's spread out all over the community. Mm-hmm. So People take CATA for um, a small fee, and that's the transportation. Or I personally think it's fun to hop on your bike and go around to different things. You can take the River Trail, which goes all the way from campus all the way to the south side of Lansing into Old Town and Rio Town, if people have heard of that. So, um Check out, too, uh, lansing.org uh, is a place to find more information. Um, you can really dig in there, to all of the different uh, attractions and things going on. is as, as also, to some of the logistics of the event. But, mm-hmm. um, yeah, so it's, it's, I'm a big, big fan of it. Yeah.
3: And so in, in your personal opinion, what do you think is the can't-miss attraction? If someone just has a little bit of time, where should they be
5: headed? Oh, man, that's a good question. For me, I would probably say Impression 5 Science Center. It's oh. pretty cool. They've done a lot of neat things down there. Um I like that a lot. Uh um Dairy Store for if you're from if you're around here, it's probably pretty pretty easy. You can just check that out anyway, but um um I don't know, some it's you know the capital. I don't know how many people have gone and had a tour of the capital. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's really really cool. I mean, you would be surprised. So, if you're into history at all or things like that, um I know a lot of people get into laser tag, so Zap Zone is cool <laughs> for that. Um so, I mean honestly, d- depending on your personality type, there's something in here for everybody. So, I have my favorites. I have, you know, I have kids and I've been doing this for with them for a long time. Now my boys are 12 and 13, so they're into different things than they were when we started and mm-hmm. and it's just go with the, you know, there's so many things to do. You can go based off of what the interests of your group are. Yeah. Um so I encourage people to do that. You can get the passports now at uh the Greater Lansing Visitor Center, and we also have an East Lansing Visitor Center across from the Broad Museum. Okay. So passports are available there too. Um, or there's also other selling locations you can find out on Lansing.org. Okay, and they can start getting those now, right? Yeah, those are on sale now. Cool. Yep, absolutely. Cool. And then, so besides that, what else can we look forward to this summer? Yeah, you know, the Lansing area has a lot of cool stuff going on this year. Um, we have a Greater Lansing Sports Authority that is committed to bringing in sports tournaments and events. So those are things that you can check out from a, from a fan perspective, softball tournaments, and... Um, all ages, everything from, from seniors to kids. Um, uh, there's a great big tennis tournament going on, uh, Memorial weekend here on East Lansing campus. So that kind of thing is cool. Um, but also keep your eye peeled for all of the other, you know, unique festivals that come to the area, come to old town blues fest, jazz fest, Mm -hmm. common ground. Um, really pretty much every weekend you can find some way to, uh, to get out into the sun, usually listen to music, enjoy like you know good food and and just hang out. And so I always recommend people either pick up a visitor guide or you know frequently visit Lansing.org because like I said, there's a tons of fairs and festivals going on pretty much every weekend in the summer. Okay, cool. Um, and again, you can find more information at lansing.org, correct? That's right, lansing.org. It's uh, the place to go there. Or you can get our, we have a mobile app. If you go to okay. m.lansing.org, you can download that to your smartphone. Tons of information there, too. So that's handy right there in your pocket. All right, cool. Well, you have been listening to Exposure. We've been talking with uh, Brandon Dwyer,
3: correct? That's right. Brandon Dwyer yeah. uh, <laughs> uh, from the uh, Greater Lansing uh, Convention and Visitors Bureau. So thanks so much for being with hey, us. Hey, thanks for having me. You're listening to...
1: Impact Exposure. First
6: floor. Hey, what floor are you going to?
3: <coughs> oh, uh, three, thanks. <coughs> Hey, didn't we, uh, have...
7: Yeah, that one class. Yeah,
3: that's so funny (laughs) to see you, because I (coughs) thought maybe we could, uh... Would you ever want to, um... I was wondering if you... If I could stick my finger in your eye.
4: What? No. Oh, I
3: just flushed some toilets and touched a doorknob. What? I've been keeping this moist Kleenex in my pocket. that's Uh, so gross. I thought we could, you know, just stick my finger Uh. in your eye. Is that weird? No,
4: don't touch me. What's wrong with you? Oh.
3: Sorry. Well, ever since you got in the elevator, you've been coughing all over your hands and pressing those buttons, so I just thought you were into
5: that kind of thing.
7: free. Studies show that three quarters of women and only half of men actually wash their hands in the bathroom. That's nasty. Stop the flu and other
3: germs by regularly washing with soap and avoid touching your eyes, nose, and mouth. More at cdc.gov
1: slash hands.
0: Impact 89FM.
3: I'm Stephen Rich, and this is Exposure on Impact 89FM. We're highlighting the best ways to spend your summer. Last fall, the Allen Street Farmer's Market of Lansing brought their market inside for the first time ever, creating one of mid-Michigan's few year-round farmer's markets. But with the sun and the warmth on its way back, the market is headed back outside for the summer. Joan Nelson, director of the Allen Neighborhood Center, discussed all that the center has to offer this summer. We're in the studio with Joan Nelson of the Allen Neighborhood Center. Um, So Joan, just to start things off, do you mind introducing yourself and your involvement with the uh, Allen Neighborhood Center?
9: Right. Well, the Allen Neighborhood Center is a 15-year-old nonprofit community development agency serving the northeast quadrant of the city of Lansing and Mm. the director of the center. Um, We are of... uh, we, we define describe our work, actually, as comprehensive and integrative community development. We do a lot of work around health and housing and commercial corridor uh, development and food security, mm-hmm. and uh, we've been focused on food, actually, for many years. We uh, started uh, with a pantry back in 2000, and uh, actually operate that pantry still. It meets on Tuesdays at the Allen Marketplace, and... Uh, really serves 80 to 100 families every every week, providing bread for the most part. We call it bread basket. Um, Bread and, in the summertime, gleaned produce. Mm -hmm. Um, We started a farmer's market in 2004, the Allen Street Farmer's Market, heading into its 11th season, Mm -hmm. uh, next week, actually. Um, and then in 2008, we opened the Hunter Park Garden House, which serves as a hub for all kinds of gardening education for youth, for adults. We operate a uh, three-season CSA, um, as well as offer tons of workshops and classes on uh, urban gardening. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, as, as you know, we completed uh, the build-out of our 5,200 square foot, functionally obsolete old warehouse. Uh, last year, late last year, and opened the Allen Marketplace. Mm. And the Allen Marketplace houses several programs. Uh, completion of the AMP, as we call it, enabled us to bring our farmers market indoors for the first time last November. So we've had a we've had a winter market um, up on, right through this Wednesday, right through. Uh, yesterday.
3: Yeah, so finally a year-round market. Finally a year-round market.
9: You know, and about 20% of households on the east side don't have cars. And so many people had grown accustomed to this walkable weekly grocery store between May and end of October. And then every October for 10 years, we've disappeared, you know, uh, until the following spring. So this year, it was really great to be able to just seamlessly bring it indoors a smaller, scaled-down version, you know, obviously than our sprawling outdoor market, mm-hmm. but still uh, a, a lively, uh, bustling little market that provided uh, year-round access to locally grown and locally manufactured food. Mm-hmm. So we had produce actually right through the winter, you know, hoop house grown produce, but as well meat and eggs and honey and bread and cheese and. Mm-hmm. Um, mushrooms and you name it. So yeah. it's been really, it's been a great time. It's been a great run. We're eager to take it back outside next week, and we'll have a couple of food trucks with us this season and uh, other prepared food and, as well, the return of everybody's favorite uh, farmers in, uh, in mid-Michigan. So we have the, we have the market. Um, the AMP also features a large uh, commercial kitchen. About yeah. a 600-square-foot kitchen.
3: I saw, and I've seen that you guys have had everyone in there from beer brewers to different yes. classes. And yes,
9: so- We're doing a really fun class right now. It's called What's Cooking, <laughs> And it's a... a culinary job skill training program. So some people who are taking all nine sessions are actually people who are interested in a career in food service, not necessarily food entrepreneurs, not folks who want to create their own product, but people who just want to work in a school cafeteria or a hospital cafeteria or in a local restaurant. And for those folks, we offer Serve Safe training and certification, which is a uh, really a leg up if you're trying to get a job in, mm-hmm. in, a, in one of those places. But it also has uh, six or seven standalone workshops. People can enroll in just one of the workshops if they choose. And they focus on basic elements of, you know, culinary skills. So, for instance, um, we had one on soups and stocks and sauces last week. And the instructor was Nick Gavrilides and uh, assisted by Jason Blastic, the two chefs from The Soup Spoon, founder oh, okay. of The Soup Spoon, uh, which is a favorite Eastside restaurant. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, for many of us over in that neck of the woods, you in that neck of the woods. Um, tonight, Norma Bermudez, a longtime MSU Extension uh, instructor is doing a workshop on Mexican cooking. And she'll be teaching people how to make tortillas from scratch, and also offering mm-hmm. techniques in the basics, refried beans, you know, rice, and and so on. So that will be fun. Mm-hmm. Um, it so was what we're doing is inviting uh, local chefs and local personalities who have some expertise to come in and teach these classes. It makes it much more fun, and people are loving these. We're, yeah, they're enjoying these a lot.
3: That's great. Yeah,
9: and we're, and we're renting the kitchen out. Um, We will have anchor tenants, uh, including a microbrewery, as you know, um, coming in probably next month. And uh, a smoked meat group is is coming in as well. And uh, so the kitchen is becoming quite a draw. And, of course, we've used it all winter, Mm -hmm. you know, to make soup to sell at our farmer's market. So the kitchen is everything we'd hoped it, it would be. I mean, it's mm-hmm. a commercially approved, it's a licensed kitchen, and we are beginning to draw uh, food entrepreneurs, people who are interested in in using a commercial kitchen, a, a licensed kitchen, to create a product of their own uh, for distribution either on their own or through our third program, which is called The Exchange. And The Exchange, you may recall, mm-hmm. is the program that links farmers in mid-Michigan with commercial and institutional buyers, uh, restaurants, caterers, hospitals, schools, and that's been really interesting. And that goes on every week as well, right? That goes on every week. The way that works is, I mean, it's an online system. It's called the theallenmarketplace.org, and uh, what happens is that people become registered members. There's no cost. And mm-hmm. we have about 60 farmers and food producers who are members of the exchange. And we also have about 30 or 40 buyers, restaurants and hospitals and so on. And the farmer logs on you know, before 5 o'clock on a Sunday and lists everything that they have to sell that week. And then a, a sheet goes out, a, what's called a fresh sheet, a listing of everything available, um, goes out early Monday morning to all of the procurers. And then by seven o'clock in the evening, the hospitals and schools and restaurants actually purchase online. And then the farmers have to, all day Tuesday to put it together. On Wednesday, they come to the farmer's market Markets are always on Wednesday. Mm-hmm. There's a large table labeled the Exchange where people will find a very friendly Neil Valley, mm-hmm. and uh, and the farmers leave everything that's already been purchased on the table for pickup, or these days for delivery by the green trike. And I don't know if you're oh, aware of that I new a- new business in town. It's a large uh, bicycle slash automobile mm-hmm. um, that will do deliveries for us within, I think, about five miles. That's great. Is <laughs> the limit. It's great. So the, the exchange has been really interesting. And the, the cool thing about the AMP is that it enables us to bundle services for mm-hmm. growers. So somebody who vends at our, a farmer who vends at our summer market or our winter market can also uh, utilize our kitchen to create a value-added product mm-hmm. with Late season harvest and sell that, both the processed product uh, or fresh produce through the exchange. Yeah. So it's a uh- one-stop shop. It is. A, it is a one-stop shop for growers, for buyers. I mean, it's a really. It's been exciting uh, to launch these new programs, and then to see how responsive the community has been. All of these programs are really designed to strengthen the, mid, the mid-Michigan food system. Mm-hmm. You know, and so it's. Uh, we feel that. Um, you know, with slow and strategic growth, that we can we can uh, play a significant role in in mm. that strengthening.
3: That's great. Yeah, that's really great. And just you are listening to Exposure on eighty Impact eighty nine FM, and we're talking with Joan Nelson, director of the Allen Neighborhood Center. Um, so uh, you, uh, you were talking a lot about the uh, different workshops and stuff that you have. I noticed yeah. that you have a lot at the the Hawk uh, or no, excuse me, the um, Hunter. The Hunter
9: Park Garden House, yeah, we do. The Greenhouse offers a whole slew of workshops on every aspect of gardening. Mm -hmm. And uh, actually, at the Greenhouse, people should come visit the Greenhouse. It's open every day, 3.30 to 5.30 and 10 to 2 on Saturdays. Uh, It's a delightful place. It's open year-round. We do year-round growing there. Um, the the big event coming up is our annual plant sale, so which is always a good time. It's always fun.
3: And is it just flowers, or is it? Oh, it's everything. everything? It's
9: it's food. It's strawberry plants. <laughs> it's lots and lots of food plants and herbs and uh, and and flowers. And it's a good time. And uh, yeah, I and, just
3: finished my garden. I have a oh, little extra space, so I might yeah, have yeah. to stop. By. <laughs> yes, you're going to have
9: to fight me for the strawberry plants. You know, it's a. But it's a, actually we have lots. We mm-hmm. have lots of. Uh, starts so you know, that we've been growing for weeks and even months. So, yeah. the folks, should uh, y- you should definitely mm-hmm. come Find come see me on that day. Yeah. The the other thing that is happening um, that your your listeners might be interested in is that the facility, the Allen Marketplace, has you know unexpectedly become this really. Uh, in-demand place to hold events Mm. and so far we were really surprised we were not prepared for this but (laughs) we have since opening uh in the fall in the early fall the uh the great room that large colorful room in the in the amp has been utilized as you know for a kickstarter campaign launch uh, (sighs) an art show uh a off Story Slam, two or three charrettes, you know, where people come together to plan. In this case, Michigan Avenue and or the the Bart, the new bus rapid transit system, uh, proposed for Michigan Avenue. Um, it's been utilized for a fiftieth birthday party and uh, and you know a. Uh, uh, Last week, a big uh, salvage summit that consisted of 40 or 50 artists, local artists, coming together with builders to talk about how to use the salvaged materials from house demos and building demos in art. You know how to make use of the of this these incredible you know wood wood features and these old homes and to build what picture frames or yeah. any number of other things. So lots of uses for the just for the space itself, and mm. we're happy about that. We're happy that the amp is uh, being seen as a community resource. Indeed, that's why we why we spent two years on a, on a major construction process with capital campaigns to, to actually to do this, Mm -hmm. you know, to create a a community center, uh, primarily food focused, but um, focusing as well on any other uh, community building activities. Yeah.
3: It really sounds like it's becoming a hub for the whole area. Yeah. Well, we
9: hope so. We hope so. We hope that, uh, that we'll see more and more people um, visit us and Mm -hmm. uh, check it out and and check out the offerings. And uh, so we're, We're pleased to to be doing this.
3: Yeah. And since you guys are now doing the summer market, which is really exciting, not only are animals welcome back. I saw that (laughs) dogs and cats can finally come back to the market. That's right. Are there any uh, new or returning um, vendors that you're excited for? Oh, yeah.
9: You know, this will be our 11th outdoor season, and we've been really lucky in that we have uh, great... uh, Vendor loyalty. So some some of the farmers have actually been with us right from the beginning. You know, but uh, some of the favorites, you know, people's favorites will be back. Green Eagle Farm and Urbandale Farm and Wildflower and uh, Feltkies and Nightingale. The Cookie Lady. Stand has always been I'm popular. She's, a big hit. she's coming <laughs> back. She's a very big hit. She's coming back, and uh, our honey guy and Stone Circle bread has been there for years now. We we totally love his bread, uh, and oh, an award winning uh, Hickory Knolls Creamery will be there. And as I mentioned, uh, two food trucks. They may not be there right away next week, but mm-hmm. they'll be there by mid June. What ones are those? Um, well, I-, I can tell you. I oh. can't tell you, <laughs> a- be- because I don't know the names oh. of them, but they're two brand new food trucks. That's great. So these are their, this is their inaugural season, both of them, and we believe that we're going to have smoked meats and uh, eggs and, I mean, all, all kinds mm-hmm. of things. And of course, what's really important for folks to know is that we aim to be affordable and accessible to all. We have our own little bank on site, and mm-hmm. people can... Uh, get tokens that are accepted by all of our farmers with debit and credit and SNAP benefit, uh, SNAP uh, cards. Um, We are totally EBT friendly, food stamp friendly, and we offer double up food coupons as well. uh, Senior Project Fresh, Project Fresh, WIC coupons. So in addition to making it easy to, uh, to shop at the market, we also... We'll have our food information tables. It used to be called the food chatter table, with samples and recipes and opportunities to talk with uh, with folks at the table about what's available in the market and what you do with what's available in the market. How do you what do you do with kale? What's what's the most exciting thing that you can do with kohlrabi? And uh, we'll have uh, our market walk program kicking off again. And market walk is a very interesting. Twofer. It combines good eating with exercise. People who sign up for Market Walk uh, walk in Hunter Park on Tuesday evenings or Saturday mornings with our our walk instructor and... uh, Accumulate miles, and as they accumulate miles, they can redeem those miles at the market for uh, tokens. That's
3: great. So you,
9: you walk 20 miles, you accumulate 20 miles, and then you get a $5 token. You accumulate another 20 miles, you may get $10. So it's it's very cool. And what, what it means is that people, many people who have not been active mm-hmm. – uh, are you know are encouraged to start walking supervised walking and uh and then to uh, to redeem the mileage for tokens to buy really good locally grown wholesome food
3: Mm -hmm. that's i I did not know about that that's a great program so i I assume you're pretty busy getting everything ready to go back outside but do you have a this is
9: a busy season because uh we're also expanding our gardens in hunter park and we've uh, got a huge summer csa the summer csa is filled you know as always we have a waiting list as long as the number of of uh, participants wow um we're looking at ways to uh work with uh, partners in the neighborhood, and specifically Urbandale Farm, to grow the CSA so that we can accommodate a larger number of people. We've also launched a new aspect to the exchange that folks might be interested in. It's it's really been targeted up to now uh, toward commercial and uh, institutional folks, but we've had a couple of buying clubs form. You know, one around a uh, a business, you know, where people just wanted to be able to order online and order together and take advantage of the slightly reduced uh, prices if mm-hmm. they met the minimums. And so we have, uh, you know, so those folks actually all, they are are known as Andy's Group, and they uh, purchase through the exchange and then pick up the aggregated uh, order on Wednesdays as well. And, you know, we, we think that there are lots of organizations, organized neighborhood groups, places of work that may be interested in forming buying clubs okay. so that they can get, again, locally grown, locally manufactured uh, product at a, at a at a very reasonable rate and uh, know that it's fresh and local.
3: Mm-hmm. And it just makes it a little bit easier getting it yeah. delivered or getting them yes. to pick it up. Yes. So, uh, yeah, you're, you're very busy with the opening, but is there any other events this summer that we should be looking forward to?
9: Oh, boy. Let me think. Um, well, lots of action at the Greenhouse. Um, at the Greenhouse, we have kids' programs. One is called Take Root, and mm-hmm. that is for 5- to 10-year-olds. Uh, it's a morning program in the summertime for uh, junior, very junior gardeners. <laughs> so if if any of your listeners have a 5- to 10-year-old that would like to learn about gardening and nutrition education and fitness education, um, they should check out our website, ln neighborhoodcenter.org. Go to the Hunter Park Garden House page and mm-hmm. and learn more about the summer kids camp. We have a program for older kids called Youth Service Corps, and they are doing some fantastic projects in the park. They have an edible park project. They planted 20 fruit trees in the park wow. to create an edible environment for, for folks in the neighborhood to help themselves to fruit for the most part, but other, other uh, vegetables as well. They have a concession stand now in the park. There were 20,000 visitors last year to Hunter Park Pool. And uh, so the kids now have a a cart, a park cart. (laughs) And they've been using our kitchen to experiment with recipes of items that they want, smoothies and whatnot that they want to sell at the park cart this summer. And they're doing a brand new project called the Fruit Tree Project that involves doing a census of fruit trees Uh, both private yards as well as in the public domain in that part of the east side that is south of Michigan Avenue, and they'll be uh, actually giving away fruit trees to people as well as uh, information on how to, how to take care of them, the, you know, mm-hmm. kind of the, the care and feeding of a fruit tree uh, and helping people actually put them in their side yards and backyards and, and, and again, in order to uh, create a more edible landscape on the east side. They, mm-hmm. They've sort of subtitled uh, this uh, from Edible Park to Edible Neighborhood. And uh, and again, they're really all about creating opportunities for people to access good food, local food, locally grown food, even in their yards mm-hmm. on the east side. That's
3: great. Well, thank you so much for being with us. It's oh, see, been a lot of fun. It's been a pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. <laughs> no problem. And you've been listening to Joan Nelson, who is the director of the Allen Neighborhood Center. And just to remind uh, our listeners one more time, the Farmer's Market is on Wednesdays. On Wednesdays
9: from 2.30 to 7. We're located in the 1600 block of East Kalamazoo, straight down Kalamazoo from Harrison heading west. About ten blocks, uh, you you can't miss the market. Yeah. Flags, <laughs> tents, noise. We have music, great music, music always at the market, great. and lots of uh, lots of activities for folks.
3: Great to hear. Well, again, thanks so much. Thank You've you. Thank exposure. you so much. Listening to. Impact Exposure. This is Stephen Rich, and you're listening to Exposure on Impact 89 FM. Still to come on Exposure, we highlight the best performances and exhibits East Lansing has to offer. But first, Abby Newton, the past host of Exposure, went on one last adventure before she left town to the farm. Five years ago, the MSU Student Organic Farm started their very own pig farm on campus. Abby and I take a look on how this farm has grown. Just south of Michigan State University's main campus sits a 15-acre student organic farm. Here the students can learn about the farming industry with hands-on experience. The farm grows and distributes produce, raises livestock, and explores the means of sustainable farming. The latest development at the farm is a pasteurized pig project. Impact's Abby Newton explored the farm and assisted in the production of this piece.
7: It's kind of an interesting feeling. Um, lots of noses, lots of bumping, lots of little, little gnawing. Um, I don't know, they really enjoy the boots though. Something with the rubber.
3: That was Joe Fox. When we found him, he was lying in a bed of straw with five piglets crawling on and around him. He's a Michigan State student and was involved in the pasteurized pig project at the Student Organic Farm. The project started five years ago when MSU brought in two first-time pig mothers called Gilts. Another student, Alexis Hinson, explains.
6: And they come from the MSU swine farm on campus, and essentially we bring them out here out of confinement. They finish their last third of gestation out here.
3: The project allows the gilts to live and act in their natural environment before, during, and after giving birth.
6: Um, and they give birth, you know, naturally in deep straw bedding, and it's it's beautiful.
3: This year, the two pig mothers, named Sweetie and Temple, gave birth to a total of 17 piglets. Squirt,
6: uh, spot lucky because he actually was stuck in mom for about four hours. Um, Fondue and ginger and um, chocolate and let's see,
8: bandit and
3: sweet. Dr. Lori Thorpe is one of the coordinators in the pig project and the director of the residential initiative on the study of the environment.
8: I like to say I'm the pig mama on this project.
3: She says that the pig project provides important experience for students in the Soon Organic Farm training program.
8: And so this is a place where they get hands-on experience on how to integrate livestock into a small-scale organic farm Um, and it's real important for our students to be able to have that experience they're here nine months intensively learning how to become farmers
3: and it is not all easy
8: we were out here round the clock really sleep deprived um, monitoring the piglets from crushing and that's not necessarily fun it's tiresome and but these are those skills that i mentioned that are so important for students to become engaged environmental citizens they have to develop these skills and you don't develop those skills in a classroom
3: when we went to the farm thorpe explained that pigs are actually huge nest builders so when raised in their natural environment they were able to build nests in the straw and root soil which brings fertility to the soil
8: it's not just the meat that they provide the farmer that revenue stream they also provide this really important input we call it to the farm and they provide it organically
3: Thorpe also says that the site of the pig project was picked for a reason.
8: This site that you're on right now, we selected it because we have a lot of persistent perennial weeds. And so what the the pigs are doing right now is they're rooting up those perennial weeds for us. So our pigs are these little four-footed rototillers that go in and remove those weeds for us. So there's all these great co-benefits of having the pigs here.
3: So this creates sort of a full circle in the food system something that Thorpe is passionate about.
8: But it's also really, really important, I think, for our students from all walks of life to start to think about the food system and start to think of themselves as ethical eaters, or what is their food ethic? What, what are their priorities when they eat?
3: And so that is the second component in the Pig Project, ethical eating, environmental philosophy, and our relationship with food. Thorpe explains.
8: Ethical eating means feeling good about those processes and coming to know them and understand them and actually to be a participant in them. In order for students to be engaged environmental citizens, they have to be able to develop these skills of participation and persistence and working with live, messy, difficult systems.
3: Systems where people often have competing values. Many of these competing values are embedded in sustainable farming and our relationship with food. We have
8: really proxied away our relationships in the food system. We don't know where our food comes from. We don't know how it was raised. We don't know the ingredients in the food that we eat.
3: The Pig Project allows students the opportunity to observe the food system in action and make decisions about their own relationship with food. Take, for instance, the decision whether or not to eat meat.
6: I came in um, as almost yeah, a very staunch vegetarian, very narrow views. Um, meat eating is wrong. This project has completely changed my view on meat eating, and it's something that I definitely support now. Um, I don't do it myself just because it would be, to, I mean, to me, they're like my pets almost, even though they really shouldn't be. Um, and I can openly admit that.
3: But Hinston says that she has accepted something can be done in multiple different ways. I
6: think it's our responsibility as educators and as students to learn all of the different ways um, that we can farm and all of the ways that we can grow food and sustain our earth.
3: And Fox? I'm a, I'm a real strong component of just letting animals live as they naturally would. Also just that the, the fact that we all have, get to um, be educated and educate others about how we're raising food is, is important to me. I think that everyone should know where their food's coming from. Both students broaden their perspective through the pig project. But what happens next? The pigs grow by 250 pounds in the next six months. Then they will be processed and slaughtered.
6: It is heartbreaking when I have to load them on the trailer in October and November. but I do it and I get through knowing that the lives that they lead out here mean something and um, these intelligent animals were able to express all their natural behaviors and more um, and interact with people and have a positive view of people and um, positive interactions with each other and with people and with the land um, before the time came for them to um, be processed and be part of the food chain.
3: That is what the Pig Project and the Student Organic Farm is all about, sustainable farming letting animals experience as students learn, thinking critically about the way we live, eat, and interact on this planet. And because of this project and the dedication of the students and the faculty at Michigan State University, 17 piglets and two gilts are happily nesting and rooting on a small plot of land that they call home. For Impact News, I'm Steven Rich. You're listening to Exposure on Impact 89 FM. Tonight we also want to highlight what's happening on campus this summer. Bob Hoffman and Jake Pichtel tell us what to look forward to at the Wharton Center and the MSU Broad Museum. We're at the Wharton Center with Bob Hoffman who is the public relations manager at the Wharton Center. So Bob, what kind of events do we have to look forward to this summer?
10: A lot of good ones. (laughs) We've got, you know, if you like Broadway, we have Once Coming, which is a Tony Award-winning show for Best Musical. We've got Annie returning, which is kind of a, you know, a definite favorite. It's been around forever. But uh, what's interesting about that is the uh, Martin Charnin uh, directed, the original Annie directed this one as well. We've got my favorite, which is Pippin returning. This is the 2013 Tony Award-winning best musical and it's fabulous if you like Cirque du Soleil this is the pippin to see it's been reworked from the original and it's a lot of fun we've got the phantom of the opera coming everyone loves that show and uh, this is a new reworked version as well um, lots of updates so that's going to be fun music still the great music and then kinky boots winner of the 2013 tony award for best musical um, coming. And we've got Blue Man Group, I Love Lucy on Stage, and just a whole bunch of other shows that are pretty amazing that reach out to everyone's taste.
3: Uh, we're here with Jacob Pechtel, who is the Director of uh, Communications at the Broad Art Museum. And Jacob, what sort of events do we have to look forward to this summer?
7: Um, we've got a lot of stuff going on this summer, actually. We uh, are starting a few new series that are specific to the summer at the Broad. Uh, we're going to be doing some yoga outside, which will be free drop in. Um, we're going to be doing uh, a series called The Art Of, and we're going to feature a lot of like fun summer stuff. First one will be Art of the Barbecue. Um, so we're going to show people kind of like what goes down and like sort of the the, the art of a lot of different things that uh, kind of people get into in their day-to-day lives. And we'll have special guests come and do demonstrations and uh, some really some really fun stuff. Um, we have a bunch of live music coming up um, on the 31st of this month. We're doing... Uh, Brian Vander Der Ark is going to perform a set here from the Verve Pipe, so we're pretty excited about that. And that's being done in conjunction with Be a Tourist in Your Own Town, which is a great program run by the Convention and Visitors Bureau of Lansing. Uh, so people will kind of be all over the place. Uh, we'll have activities, and uh, there should be a, a good number of people here. I think last year we had a couple thousand people here in one day, so it's should be pretty exciting. Mm-hmm.
3: And what are you personally most excited for?
7: Um, I think, you know, it, it's... Live music here is really cool because the space is so interesting. Um, it, it's challenging inside. Mm-hmm. So uh, when we do stuff outside, it actually tends to sound a little bit better. I mean, some, we, we've had some really cool music performances here. Uh, uh, Brian Chase from the AAS was here uh, with an experimental band earlier this year and they did some really cool things inside, but it, it can be really challenging. So um, with that said, I think I am, I am looking forward to see, seeing um, Brian Vanderard perform. I think it'll be really fun. Um, But the Art Of series, I think, is going to be a blast, too, just with a lot of different things going on. Uh, I love barbecue. Everybody does. So uh, even the vegetarians out there, I think. Um, So I think that will be a really fun series. And and like I said, we've got a few more of those coming up as well, so people can kind of keep an eye on our events calendar over the course of the year and see uh, we'll probably do at least one of those a month. All right,
11: cool. Thank you very much. For the life of me, I cannot remember what made us think that we were wise and we never compromise. For the life of me, I cannot believe we'd ever die for these sins. We will merely flash men. Last friend took a week's...
7: listening
5: to
2: impact exposure
3: thank you for joining us on exposure tonight special thanks to station manager Gabriela saldivia and general manager ed glazer Tonight's show and all other exposure shows can be found on our website at www.impact89fm.org. And finally, tonight we want to send you off with what some MSU students have planned for the summer. Keeping you informed and bidding you farewell until next time, I'm Stephen Rich, and you've been listening to Impact Exposure 89FM.
7: (sighs) Hanging out with friends,
3: uh, enjoying the nice weather, hopefully get to a couple music festivals, um, travel a little bit, but other than that, just chill. Oh, I'm studying for the LSAT that I got to take on June, so that's fun.
7: And then I got three online classes for the first summer semester that I'm also taking for, so. I'm
6: um, taking summer classes and probably go to the bars, probably Rick's, Harper's, <laughs> the usual. <laughs> New kids on the block, had a bunch of
1: hits, Chinese food makes me sick. And I think it's fly when girls stop by for the summer, for the summer. I like girls that wear apocrine and fitch. I take her if I have one wish well, she's been gone since that summer Since that summer Hip-hop, mama late, and span Met you one summer and it all began You're the best girl that I ever did see Great Larry Bird Jersey, 33. When you take a sip, you buzz like a hornet. Billy Shakespeare wrote a whole bunch of sonnets. Call me Willie Whistle, cause I can't speak, baby. Something in your eyes went and drove me crazy. Now I can't forget you and it makes me mad. Left one day and never came back. Stayed all summer, then went back home. Macaulay Culkin wasn't home alone deep in love but now we ain't speaking. Michael J. Fox was Alex P. Keaton When I met you I said my name is Rich, you look like a girl from Abercrombie & Fitch New kids on the block, had a bunch of hits. Chinese food makes me sick And I think it's fly when girls stop by for the summer, for the summer I like girls that wear Abercrombie & Fitch, i take her if I had one wish She's been gone since that summer. Since yeah. that summer, cherry pants, cold crush rock stud, boogie. Used to hate school, so I had to play hooky. Always been hip to the B boy style. Known to act wild and make a girl smile. Love new addition in a candy girl. Remind me of you because you rock my world. You come. From George, where the peaches grow They drink lemonade and speak real slow You love hip hop and rock and roll Dad took off when you were four years old There was a good man named Paul Revere I feel much better baby when you're near You love fun dip and cherry coke I like the way you laugh when I tell a joke When I met you I said my name is Rich You look like a girl from Abercrombie and Fitch New kids on the block had a
11: bunch of hits Chinese food makes me sick And I think it's fly Girl, stop by.